While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Back to the show. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. Most of the show has been taken, uh, most of the, sh- the time on this show has been taken up by the conversation surrounding some questionable pay raises that were brought forward by this New Bedford City Council. And uh, we had some calls and app chat messages on that. So that's the conversation that we I wanted to move forward based on that. If you want to hear it, we'll talk about it, right? Uh, but uh, if if you still want to talk about it, you can at 508-996-0500. can also take your messages on the WBSM uh, app chat. So, um, but what I think, there's one thing I do want to talk about, which is happening in Fall River, because, you know, we're still deciding whether or not this is going to be a competitive mayoral election in New Bedford, right? And, and that's going to depend. That's largely going to depend on on whether or not Mayor Mitchell decides to run again, right? If he decides to run again, probably not going to be a competitive race. If he doesn't, then it's wide open and a lot of interesting things can happen. But in Fall River, I think there's been a a pretty interesting development in local politics there. Uh, Sam Sutter, the former Bristol County DA, and former mayor of Fall River has announced he's running for to be mayor of Fall River again. So just some background, right? Um, so there were so there were um, so Sam Sutter won the Bristol County DA's race in 2006. He beat Paul Walsh. He was DA until 2014. In 2014, he won a recall election for Fall River mayor. Uh, He obviously lives in Fall River. So, but he um, also ran in a primary to challenge Bill Keating in Congress in 2012. I remember that. So in two, so what happened in 2010 is Massachusetts lost a congressional seat um, because, you know, people had moved out. 
from whatever, from 2000 to 2010. Massachusetts used to have 10 uh, members, 10 delegates to Congress. They now have nine. But Bill Keating was the 10th congressional, um, uh, the 10th, uh, the congressman from the 10th congressional district. That was Bill Keating. So this 10th district got redrawn into the 9th in 2010. So in 2012, they're running on the new district, right? That also had not only Keating's primary, but then Barney Frank's district changed. He decided, he didn't, you know, screw it. I'm not going to introduce myself to a new district. I'm going to leave. That's when Joe Kennedy had won in the, uh, when he had won in that fourth congressional district, which is now occupied by Jake Auchincloss. But uh, Sutter had ran, ran against Keating. It wasn't particularly close. Um, you know, Keating had, you know, his record as a congressman to run on. He, you know, Keating had obviously he had been a DA before. He was Norfolk County DA. Um, he was, uh, you know, a state senator. He had all this experience. And, you know, I think he does a good job. And I think a lot of people like him, right? Uh, and that's still true, obviously, because he keeps getting reelected. So Sutter ran in that primary. Uh, was unsuccessful, but then in 2014, when he was Bristol County DA, but then in 2014, he ran um, against uh, Will Flanagan in the recall election. And that recall election was pretty handedly against Will Flanagan. There's multiple people in that race, um, but Sutter got most of the votes by, I think he got the largest vote share by um, a wide margin. He got like 36% of the vote and then Flanagan got 26. So Sutter ended up winning that, that preliminary. A lot of the issues surrounding Flanagan were, you know, he was accused of pulling a gun on then city councilor Jaisal Correa um, during a, uh, uh, a late night meeting, like uh, in, in, Will Flanagan's car over the recall. Uh, there was also um, some questions about, you know, um, the trash collection fees. Uh, there was, um, you know, some, I guess, expenditures at City Hall that they said there was no record kept of it. You know, I, I, I'm sure. I, I don't know. Right. But one reason or another, uh, Mayor Flanagan found himself to be particularly embattled at the moment. And, as a result, lost his seat in a recall. It's a little too, um, frankly, I sympathize with Mayor Flanagan here because it's a little too easy to recall in Fall River. Um, you only need like 3,000 signatures, I think, or like in, in a city of 100 or 90,000 people. It's kind of too easy to do that. But um, Sutter won. He won election. He, he, he won. Uh, he was mayor for about... A year. Uh, then afterwards, uh, Jaisal Correa, who Flanagan was accused of pulling a gun on, um, but Jaisal Correa, the 23-year-old city councilor, he ran against Sam Sutter, and he won. It was fairly close. It was like 52-48, but he won. We all know how that worked out, right, <laughs> with Jaisal Correa. Jaisal Correa is accused of defrauding investors in an app that he had. He is, uh, you know, uh, indicted on charges of doing that. Then he's indicted on, um, you know, extorting marijuana retailers, using his position as mayor to extort marijuana retailers. He gets um, federally charged. You know, he gets 
He gets indicted. He gets brought to trial. He gets convicted. He gets six years in prison, six years in federal prison. It was put off for a bit, but then he ended up getting six years. He had to report. He had to report to serve earlier this year. I believe in April. He had to report to the um, to he had to report to to the uh, prison to serve his six year sentence. Right. So. Before then, just after, you know, after the indictments come, there's a recall election. He staves off the recall because he gets the largest vote share, even though like 65 percent of the city voted to recall him. He still. He still gets 35 percent of the uh, of the vote, which was like a little bit more than what Paul Coogan had gotten in that like five way race. Some people had accused some candidates of running just to split the vote to keep him in. But then Coogan runs a general election against Korea. And it's very clear that Coogan's going to win. Correa steps down, resigns his post as mayor, withdraws from his campaign. Coogan gets 80% of the vote. He gets elected. He runs against Cliff Ponty in 2021, who was the city council president at the time. Um, Councilor Ponty uh, is the head of a real estate brokerage. He sends out a memo to his employees saying he's not going to give up his real estate firm for a quote-unquote ceremonial position. Now, I think there was a mistake he made in thinking that everybody that worked for him liked him enough to keep that memo a secret. But in any event, he did that. Never really... I, I don't know the guy, right? Maybe he was a good... You know, maybe... I, I don't know the guy. I don't know a lot of people over in that area. Could be a good guy for all I know. Sure. But critical mistake, <laughs> right? Doing that. Uh, putting in writing that you think the position ceremonial. So then Coogan runs on, you know, May, Paul Coogan. It's a full-time job off that. He wins pretty easily. Coogan says he's running for re-election. So I see some posts on, I see some posts on, um, on uh, f- social media from people that I know. I see uh, Walter Meniz, uh, who's a, uh, who was uh, used to work? Um, he used to work in the city of New Bedford. He used to work, I believe, for Mayor, like Mayor Kalis. Was a candidate for governor's council. Was a candidate for Westport Select Board. He, um, he, you know, had posted a picture that he was in a, at a party or like a small gathering at Sam Sutter's house in Fall River. And I see Evan Gendro, who's been on this, sh- who's been on this show before as a candidate uh, for state rep, whose district in the district that includes uh, parts of Fall River. He is at the same place. And so it was a small gathering of supporters at Sam Sutter's house where he's saying he's going to run for far for mayor. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. So he, you know, he's running against Coogan now, essentially. And I don't know if anybody's going to jump in. Else is going to jump in. So I reach out. I reach out to Coogan's office, too. I, I haven't heard anything back. Um, I, I emailed them. I haven't heard anything back, but I reached out to I reached out to um, former mayor and DA Sutter, and just to basically ask him why he's running for mayor. And, and he, you know, his his comments were essentially, and I'll, I'll have a story on this tomorrow. I'll have it. You know, I have the exact quotes, but I'll have a story on this tomorrow. But what he basically says is, you know, I am not. I've been. Um, he goes. I've been talking to people throughout the city and he says i can't sit on the sidelines and observe all the problems continue to get worse and the three problems that he cites 
are crime. He says there's been a spike in gun violence. Education, he said Fall River's 345th out of 351 school districts in the Commonwealth. I, again, I can't verify that yet. I just He called me before I went on air. And then he said um, housing. And he accused... And he accused Mayor Coogan of not knowing the difference. This is a comedy made to me uh, of not knowing the difference between public housing and Section 8, right? Um, which a lot of people do get confused with. Section 8 is typically uh, a voucher program for a voucher program, and that voucher is given to private property owners to rent. A, a particular housing unit and public housing is like, you know, actual housing units that are, you know, owned and operated by the government, right? They're both programs that are under the Office of Housing and Urban Development, better known as HUD, but Section 8 is a voucher program and public housing is, you know, a voucher program that is paid to private property owners and public housing is basically, you know, government owned and operated buildings, more more or less. You know, there's there's probably some more technical stuff I might be getting incorrect, but that's essentially the difference is Section 8's a voucher program. So he says that he doesn't know the difference between Section 8 and public housing. He's and he's also said, um he also what I thought was interesting was he was he was uh you know pretty um, defensive about his first term, uh, his his year in uh, in the mayor's office, he said that in that year um, he you know he gave he took credit for the development of that South Coast Marketplace where uh, Market Basket is where the uh, picture show you know that movie I actually do think that picture show movie theater is the best theater in the area I prefer it honestly I think that's the best movie theater locally is the picture show but um the seats are great you know typically it's it's not really you know the seats are great i think the theater is nice um i i like it but uh you know the, all that that big south coast marketplace 110 grill all those other places um are there and he said it's because he got market basket there and market basket was the anchor tenant for the whole thing because that used to of course people remember that used to be the uh, the Harbor Mall, right? The Harbor Mall uh, in Fall River. And then it got redeveloped in the South Coast Marketplace, which is a very impressive place. I really do. I like it. I like it. Um, I've gone there, you know, quite a bit for things, right? Uh, it is it is a really impressive place. But he's, you know, he said Korea took credit for that, but really it was his work. He said getting Market Basket there. He also uh, took credit for... Um, the establishment of Amazon, uh, the Amazon campus in Fall River, which he said brought a, a thousand jobs uh, to the city. So he said he created a business-friendly environment, and that Fall River was on, um, you know, on the upswing. Look, I can't say it uh, one way. You know, I, I appreciate and I appreciate it. Um, you know, former mayor and DA Sutter reaching out to me and give me those comments. Again, we'll have a story tomorrow on WBSM. Dot com that you'll be able to check out and see his complete comments on it. But I mean, it's kind of funny because I was watching, um, I was reading some old, I was just reading some old Fall River Herald posts about, you know, because again, there was obviously, 
you know, some people were upset with Will Flanagan about whatever, the trash collection fees and, you know, the allegations and all of that. And um, again, I, I can't speak to the veracity of that stuff because I haven't I wasn't at the time very deeply involved in the politics of it. You know, I was uh, I think what was I this was 2014. I was just I was just uh, 2014 is when I graduated law school. So I was sort of had other things going on. I wasn't involved in Fulver politics, so I can't speak to the veracity of all those, all that stuff with, with, you know, whether or not it was, you know, whether or not it was warranted, whether or not the recall is warranted. I can't speak to it, but the, um, so, so, but I think it's fair to say that, you know, either whether or not, (laughs) Whether or not the recall is warranted, I think it's fair to say that I think Sutter, I mean, now Coogan's there, right? I think Sutter could have run. I think Sutter, like, I don't know. Like, again, I'll have to, we'll have to see. You know, Coogan, I think for for a lot of people was probably, you know, like, hey, this guy isn't an insane criminal, right? Um, That's extorting retailers. That's extorting uh, business owners for cash for cold hard cash you know and who's you know chief of staff isn't saying to people that your family now right like they like a just like a parody of a of a mafia uh, of a mafia show so i think you know people appreciated that maybe they may like i don't know maybe they may go back to sutter i, I have no idea i think sutter's had a really good argument running in that recall election with jazel saying hey uh, you made a mistake here. Hey, I think you made a mistake here. Would you like to correct that mistake? Right. Um, and I, re- I read some columns uh, when when uh, all that stuff happened, you know, and Jaisal won. Some people were like, oh, I'm so happy for the city. I'm like, yikes. But I think that's an interesting development. I think that's uh, it's it's a big story. And, um, again, we'll have some complete comments. I'm trying to get Mayor Coogan's comments, if he has any, on Sutter running. Because, again, Sutter had some pretty pointed comments towards Coogan. Again, accusing him of not knowing what the difference between public housing and Section 8, which a mayor should know for sure. Um, and, I, I, again, I can't speak to that. He said he he'd saw him in a meeting, and he said he was sure he didn't know that. Uh, you know, and some of the other stuff, the crime, the school districts, and all of that stuff, especially because Coogan comes from an education background. But that's some news. Um, and as we get into these, the municipal elections, cause you know how it works in Massachusetts is basically even years are the state legislature and executive branch, um, elections. So this past year, obviously we had governor, state auditor, attorney general, uh, secretary of state, treasurer, et cetera, as well as the legislative races. Next even year in 24, we're going to have obviously the presidential election nationally, but we're also going to have legislative races uh, here in, in, the, in, the, in the state. So all your state legislatures are going to be up for re-election. And then, but on, in odd years, it is municipal. Well, every municipality basically has an election. Um, uh, every town has an election every year. So Fairhaven, Dartmouth, Freetown, Westport, etc. They have elections every year. There's town elections every year. But every city, like Boston, New Bedford, Fall River, Taunton, um, they have uh, they have 
elections every odd year. The mayor used to be on the ballot every odd year. Now they get basically, um, you know, that now this is a, fir- a, f- a four-year term that now there is a basically a midterm year uh, for the for the mayor's, um, you know, during the mayor's term. So every uh, every odd year in the Commonwealth are city elections. So every gateway city is going to be up for re-election, basically. Everyone that's on that typical city council mayor um, government, uh, city council mayor structure, they have uh, elections this year. So you're going to have Mayor Mitchell on the ballot. You're going to have, uh, if he decides to run, we don't know, but that office is going to be on the ballot and all of your city councilors are going to be on the ballot and then Fairhaven and all of that. Your select board, your school committees, you know, you're going to have select board, school committee members, you know, um, uh, elected board members, their uh, board of health members, they're all going to be on the ballot as well. So it's all stuff to pay attention to and something. Obviously, one of the things I was really excited about about this show is that when you're following politics at the micro level, at the local level, then you're always in the middle of election season, right? You're always in the middle. You're always in the middle of election season. So, so we'll be able to follow all that. We'll be able to track all that stuff, you know, and uh, we'll be able to bring it to you guys. But 508-996-0500 is how you can get the program. I'm going to take a break now and then we will be, we'll be right back. This is South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. 1420 WBSF. Welcome back to the show, Marcus. Um, 508-996-0500. Got some, um, got some app chat messages uh, here. Uh, you know, I was talking about, you know, Sutter taking credit for the South Coast Marketplace. Um, Big Ant and Dartmouth says uh, that the mall area in Fall River. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was... Um, Chick-fil-A is there, too, which, uh, you know, said it would be great if there were one in New Bedford. I, I tend to agree. Chick-fil-A is very, very good. Uh, and he said, uh, um, also, to don't forget to test your sm- smoke alarms once a month and change the batteries once a year. Happy New Year, Firefighter Anthony. Thank you. Uh, always doing the fire, uh, you know, always uh, updating us on fire safety. And uh, it's a great segment. We have um, uh, Anthony in to do that. So looking forward to doing that again soon. So um, Bob uh, Bob from New Bedford says, wouldn't it be much more turnout if we made city, if city were, if city elections and state elections are in the same year? Yes. Okay. So what I was saying, or uh, if you're just tuning in, what I was saying is, even your elections are when you vote for Congress, your members of Congress, your maybe one of your senators or both your senators if they happen to be on the ballot. But um, your members of con- your your delegation to Congress is when you vote, and then even here, uh, you vote for president every four years. You vote for your state legislature in even years, so your state senators and state reps, and then of course, um, you know. Uh, every four years, you vote for those executive positions on on um, you know governor, etc. So even years, you vote for that stuff, right? 
even years you vote for that stuff. And you either vote for your governor on, if it's a midterm year, you're voting in Massachusetts. If it's a midterm year, you're voting for your governor and your state office, state constitutional offices, as well as your legislature. And in a, you know, obviously in a presidential year, you're just voting in the presidential election and obviously voting for some of those. uh, And you're voting for your state legislature as well. Those are on even years. There are some states that do have gubernatorial elections on the same year as presidential years. There are some states like New Jersey, for example, that have gubernatorial elections in odd years. There's a few of them, not many. But for the most part, in Massachusetts, odd years are when you vote in city elections. You vote in town elections every single year. Every single year, there's a select board seat up, there's a school committee seat up, or at least a couple, maybe more than one, select board, school committee, etc., board of health. Every year, there's there's a, the, you have seats up in, in, in town elections. Odd years in the Commonwealth is when city councils are up for election, um, like Boston, Totten, Fall River, New Bedford, right? Every year, every odd year, that's when uh, you have city elections. So wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be, uh, that's interesting. Oh, uh, I get new app, app chat. Okay, yeah. So someone asked, would it be wouldn't it be better because city elections have very low turnout obviously. It's gotten worse in New Bedford over the years. I think the peak was like over the last like 5-6 years was when Mitchell ran against Charlie Perry in those elections. I think that was like a 25% turnout. Since that time, since that like 20 basically since after 2017, the elections turnout has dropped precipitously. Like there was like it went from 25 to 17 to 13 to last go around it was 10 percent 10 percent turnout so someone had asked well wouldn't it be um wouldn't it be better to have the city elections in the same year as the state elections uh i i don't know because it would get you'd get higher turnout, no doubt. You'd definitely get higher turnout, but that is a lot to ask of your electorate. It's a lot to ask of your electorate to have. Like, let's say if the city elections in New Bedford, Fall River, Brockton, Totten, etc. Let's say if they were all this go around, right in twenty twenty two, you're asking your voters that are just just in the cities. You're asking your voter voters in cities to vote for. Their governor, their uh, their governor and lieutenant governor, their uh, their governor and lieutenant governor, their attorney general, their state auditor, their treasurer, their secretary of state. Right, six offices just there. Their sheriff, their DA. <laughs> you see where I'm going? Their senate, their state senator. Their member of Congress, their state legislator, their county commissioner, if that's a competitive seat, their governor's counselor, right? That's all that's, and people are barely paying attention to a lot of those races, right? 
people are barely paying attention to a lot of those races. So then you're adding, okay, now you got to vote for your mayor, your city councils, your city, all your city councilors, a few of your school committee members, your assessors, right? And maybe other elected positions, depending on the city. I know certain cities have certain other positions that may be elected. That is a lot to put on the plate of your electorate. And sure, I guess turnout would be higher, but ballot fatigue would be pretty high too. And I don't know if you're going to get an, uh, like a really honest representation of the electorate if you're trying to ask them to vote for like 20 different positions all at once. I think it's too much to ask of people. I think people got a lot going on. That'd be a lot for us to cover. I mean, with all the with all the stuff we had, with all the action we had going on, we even had a few seats that were unopposed. But even with all the action we had going on, it was you know it was a lot. There was a lot of action. There was a lot to talk about. So I think it's too much to ask for. I think having it in the odd years is better. You know, there just has to probably be a better awareness campaign about your municipal elections. Because frankly, I think in a lot of ways, those are more important. You know, I've always said the the votes, the, the elections that are closer to you, the elections that are closer to you are the ones, the elections that are closer to you are are, are the ones that are most important, you know, who are dealing with those, you know, pothole issues, basically. Who you know your school committee member who sets you know your your kids, um, you know who hires the teachers and, and school administrators and sets the curriculum. Your city councilors who vote on the bu- a budget. Your select board members who vote you know who vote on the budget. Who put stop signs up. Who do stuff like that. That's the most important stuff. The stuff that's closest to you is always going to be more important than who's in the White House. Frankly, especially at this juncture. I mean, that's obviously important, right? But your day-to-day life is going to be impacted most by the offices that are in the same town as you, that are that with by the people that live in the same neighborhoods as you do. That's always going to be more important. So, yeah, there has to be a better, I think there has to be a better um, public awareness, but cramming, you know, 20 different seats i think and it's i mean i get it on the surface it it seems to make sense like oh yeah yeah well there's always higher turnout there or during a presidential election right there's always higher turnout there i'll just put it there i guess but i don't think it works i think it's asking too much of people you're gonna have your ballot's gonna be two three pages and uh and that's just not where people are at right now so 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. I'm going to take a break. I'll be right back. Listen to us live anywhere in the world on the WBSM app. Help Ukraine. It's from the National Police Association. It used to be that any able-bodied person would offer to assist a police officer in danger. Now, passers-by are more likely to take a video. There's a better use for your phone when an officer's in trouble. Call 911. Tell the operator where you are and what you see. Then, start your video to provide evidence later. To learn more about how you can assist law enforcement, visit nationalpolice.org. That's nationalpolice.org. At Shriners Hospitals for Children, there are a million reasons to share love. My buddy Caleb is one of them. This is his story. Hi, I'm Caleb. I was born with spinal bone disease. 
broken my bones almost 200 times, and I have had 11 surgeries, but I didn't let that stop me. There are a million reasons to share love, but you only need one. To learn how you can share love, visit loveshriners.org. Has your child swallowed your medicine, your laundry detergent, your nail polish remover? Call the Poison Helpline. Have you inhaled paint thinner, blue pesticides? Call the Poison Helpline. Have a question about a dose, a fume, something your kid just drank? Call the Poison Helpline. Poisonings can happen at the home, on the job, or in the great outdoors. Call the Poison Helpline first for fast, free advice from medical professionals. Call 1-800-222-1222. Anytime, anywhere. 1-800-222-1222. Save the number, save a life. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. If I could be you. And you could be me. For just one hour. If you could find a way. To get inside. Each other's mind. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. We've all felt left out. And for some, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Walk a mile in my shoes. Your voice heard right now on South Coast Tonight. Call 508-996-0500 or send an app chat message on the WBSM app. Now, back to Chris and Marcus. Hey, just Marcus, actually, but Chris will be back tomorrow. Again, tomorrow we're doing our New Year's Eve. We're kind of doing like a special. Um, Chris and I are going to each think of top our top five stories of the year. And then we're going to talk about them on air. We're going to count down from five and go from there. And if you have any stories, because it's going to be our last show of the year. So just the scheduling, um, just so you know, that for the scheduling, we'll be in tomorrow, which is the 30th. Obviously, we're not on the weekends. But on Monday, January 2nd, that's our observance of New Year's Day. So none of us are going to be in. Um, enjoy our syndicated programming, I guess. Uh, and then we'll be back to business on Tuesday. And actually, uh, on Tuesday, I'll be... F- Following up on, uh, I'll have just gone to uh, see um, an inaugural event by Maura, you know, by Maura Healy and Kim Driscoll. And I'll have hopefully checked out at least the beginning of the inauguration of Sheriff elect Paul Harrow. So, depends. I don't know if I can make that. I'm going to try to. I don't know if I can make that one. So, we'll, um, we'll see. But that's what we got going on. Uh, that's our schedule. But anyway, uh, before we, you know, I did want to talk about this before. I did want to talk about this before we, uh, closed out the evening. Um, we were, we were, anybody see this new New York Congressman, George Santos? I I think one of the most, like, really most (laughs) fascinating stories so there's a New York congressman. I can't remember what borough it was, uh, what borough he was representing, but uh, he's a Republican um, rep elect. He said apparently the Eastern District of New York, which is the U.S. attorney, which is the Department of Justice, is the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of New York, said that they're um, looking into his quote-unquote embellishment of certain things on his resume. Embellishment is a euphemism for lying. <laughs> he straight up made stuff up on his uh, on his resume. He said he worked at Goldman Sachs. He did not. Um, 
He said he worked at other some other companies. He did not. Um, there's questions around how he financed his campaign, how he came up with the capital finances campaign. He apparently has some charges of check fraud in Brazil. He said he was Jewish, and then they confirmed he wasn't Jewish. And so he said, I'm Jewish, like J-E-W dash I-S-H, which means like, I'm not Jewish. I'm like somebody who is Jewish. I'm Jewish-esque. <laughs> I'm quasi-Jewish. That's basically what he was saying. <laughs> I'm pseudo-Jewish is what he was saying. And so there's been calls on him to... <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> the whole story, I'm sorry, is really funny because he... Um. Yeah, he said he was a proud American Jew, right? And then he said, I'm Catholic, but because I learned my maternal fa- family had a Jewish background, I said I was Jew-ish, he said. So, um, obviously there's been some calls to resign, but it's funny because this, like, Scofflaw, right? The Scofflaw, this like, he's like Don Draper from Mad Men. <laughs> he's not even a real person. <laughs> he's not even a real person. Uh, he just, he just waltz into Congress without anybody ever checking him out. He's in New York City, New York City, like the economic fulcrum of the world, right? Where the number one newspaper in the world is, the number one newspaper on the planet, right, is <laughs> the, the paper of record. And all the media that they have uh, there, the hub of the world, and he got elected in, <laughs> as a member of Congress by straight up lying about who he was as a person entirely. There's questions about how he, you know, lent his campaign $700,000 and after he claimed he was making $55,000 a year, um, he had campaign filings that he said he made millions of dollars. Uh, His, his, the, the description of his job is so ambiguous, it means nothing. He said he was in the, like, business of moving deals forward for high net value clients. By the way, Goldman Sachs says they have no record of him ever working for or with them. So there's always been been some calls to resign, um, obviously from Democrats, right? But I don't see... I don't see how he can continue. I mean, he might stick it out, right? He'll get sworn in on January 3rd, which is Tuesday. He gets sworn in. That's when Congress gets sworn in. He's there. He's there to vote for Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy obviously hasn't responded for comment because he's barely going to get his speakership. And so he needs every vote he can get. Um, And then we'll see if he can endure it. But he's obviously going to be a target in 2024. (laughs) And it's just incredible to me that this guy can just, he just kind of like made stuff up. It kind of shows you where you're at. Kind of shows you where opposition research is at. First of all, that they couldn't they couldn't figure this stuff out, and it shows you how like lazily the local media or the New York media 
you know, went about these congressional races, how little they cared. I think if they discovered that stuff sometime before the election, he might have lost. Right? He might have lost. In fact, if they had discovered it earlier, maybe they could have tied it to. Maybe they could have flipped a couple other seats saying this is the kind of people that the Republicans are putting forward. Maybe they could have kept the House majority. But just no one paid attention. He just waltzed into Congress with a completely made-up resume and um, potentially could get extradited to Brazil for check fraud. Amazing story, really. It's incredible. Really excited to see how that unfolds. 508-996-0500. If you want to hear everything... Marcus, 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. Um, uh, so, sorry, got distracted. So, we're closing out the... We're closing out the, uh, the the third hour again. Tomorrow's are going to be our, uh, kind of a New Year's special. Chris and I are going to talk about the top five stories that happened this year, talk about some of the things that happened locally that we're just going to reflect on. We're going to look forward to the new year as well, seeing, you know, what we could, what, what we will, what we're expecting, right? What we're not expecting um, to happen. And we're hoping you can join in that conversation. You can send us a, a message on the WBSM app chat, or you can give us a call at 508-996-0500. We want to hear your top stories, and we want to hear what you're looking forward to or what you're expecting to happen in the new year here in the South Coast, right? So I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Our Friday shows, obviously, are always a lot of fun. So, again, thank you all for whoever tuned in, called in, sent a message on the app chat. Appreciate it. Whoever just listened, Um I appreciate that, too. And uh, I want to thank, of course, Ward 3 City Council candidate Carmen Amaral for joining us earlier in the program and sharing her platform uh, for city council uh, with us. So I appreciate that. So that's pretty much it. I will see you guys tomorrow on Friday.